indeed uh, to the worship group for helping us in our lead up to God's word now as we open God's word this morning and as we share together and as we think what we can bring to our Lord in worship this morning. I'd like you to, um, to pitch a scenario. It involves uh, some chocolates because I have found out that uh, people seem to remember my sermons if it involves chocolates or coffee or anything like that. So here's a, a chance this morning. I want you to imagine a kind of a parable. A story of, um, of a little boy who goes up to his dad and asks him a question. Dad, can I have some money to go and buy some sweets? And the dad, being a generous kind of dad, uh, gives the little boy some money. And off the little boy goes and buys himself a big bag of M&M's. And the little boy comes back with his bag of M&M's and starts eating them. This is the part of the sermon I enjoy. When I eat my M&M's, and you sit there watching me eating my M&M's. Um, anyway, his dad says to the little boy, can I have some of your M&M's? The little boy says, no. And his dad said, come on, just a couple of your M&M's. And he says, no. The little boy says, they're mine. There are three things, aren't there, that this little boy fails to understand. First of all, that's actually his dad bought him these M&Ms in the first place. The second point is that he didn't realise his dad's strength. His dad could, if he really wanted to, have snatched the M&Ms off, his, off the little boy and said, no, actually, I bought these. If I want a few, I can have a few. And I think the third thing the boy didn't really understand is that the, boy, the boy's dad could have actually gone to the shop with his credit card and bought every packet of M&Ms in the shop. He could have bought a year's supply of M&Ms if he wanted to. And the boy obviously didn't realise any of those things. Now, the point of this fictitious story, or if you like, the point of this modern-day parable is this. That we all, each one of us this morning, actually have our M&Ms. And of course, you understand I'm using this Figuratively speaking, I'm using M&Ms as a, as a metaphor here. Some of us have some nice size M&Ms, quite a lot of M&Ms. Some of us perhaps have medium-sized M&Ms. Some of us have those little sort of treat-sized bag of M&Ms. But all of us have our own M&Ms. And our loving Heavenly Father comes to each one of us and says, would you bring me some of your M&Ms? Just a few just even just a tenth of what you've got. What's our reaction? Well, sometimes it's, no, actually, they're mine M&Ms. God says, just bring me some, just bring me a bit. I made those M&Ms, says God, I, I own those things. And like the boy in the parable, we sometimes don't understand three things about our Heavenly Father. The first of those three things is this. That's actually... Our God gave them to us in the first place. He made everything. He even made M&Ms. Secondly, that if God wanted to, because after all, God is omnipotent and all-powerful, he could take all the M&Ms from us just like that. And thirdly, we also don't understand that if God wanted to, he could rain down a kind of modern-day plague. He could rain down as many M&Ms as he wanted to do because God could do that if he wanted to. The big stewardship lesson that this parable provides is this. 
if we have been given so much by our Heavenly Father, and we know that, then why don't we sometimes grasp that we don't own this stuff, that we only manage this stuff? It's the difference between management and ownership that I want to talk about this morning. It's the tension that can sometimes exist when we believe that we own something rather than manage something. You know, it's our right, we've earned it, rather than to understand that we're simply managing that which God has entrusted to us. Last week I commenced a series of meetings called In the Zone and suggested that actually God wants us to live in a zone. If you can picture a physical place, although it isn't really a physical place, but again, to help us in our understanding, just imagine a zone that God wants us to live in, a place where God can bless us, a place where God can influence us, and a place from which we in turn can be a blessing to others. God wants us to be in that zone, to be in a good place. Oh, that's the place where I love to be, we sang last Sunday morning. For mighty wonders, there I see. And last week I shared with you a diagram to show how God wants to bless us. God, first of all, is the blessor. We sung also in closing our morning meeting last Sunday, praise God from whom all blessings flow. God is the blesser. He's the one who gives us all things. He's the one who graciously has given us everything. He is the blesser, and God wants to be the blesser. And he wants us, who are in the zone, to be blessed. We are so blessed. We are so overfilled, like this uh, glass of whatever, I didn't say glass of water, glass of whatever's in there, to be overfilled, to be overflowing. He wants us to be overflowing with blessing, so much so that those of us in the zone, we want others to be blessed. We are so blessed ourselves that we want to be a blessing to others. And so that's diagrammatically how it happens, from the blesser to us, so that we in turn can be a blessing to those who are outside the zone. And last week I shared with you also this definition of blessing. To be blessed means to be on the receiving end of the tangible and the intangible favour of God, to be on the receiving end of all that. We want to receive from God the intangibles, of course, the peace, the joy, the tranquility of the soul, love, and all that. But God also blesses us with the tangible things as well, with with the stuff that we can feel and touch and smell. God is the blesser, and everything we have is of God and is God. All of our M&Ms, to come back to that metaphor, all of our M&Ms, no matter whether we have a Bill Gates pile of M&Ms or whether we have a pauper's a few little M&Ms, all of them are given to us by God. And one of, the, one of the fundamental things for us as Christians to believe is that we understand that everything is of God's. That actually without him, we are nothing. Now, you may be sitting there saying, well, we understand that. We've got that. That's, that's quite basic stuff. But the problem is that too many Christians stop there. But we need to go beyond this, and this is where I want to take us this morning. Because we are blessed, because we're living in this zone of blessing, because we've experienced God raining down M&Ms upon us, 
we can turn around and be a blessing to others. And that's the great privilege that we have as Christians, to receive the blessings, but to share also those blessings with others. So how do we do that? How do we get in on the receiving end of the tangible and the intangible favor of God, so much so that our blessings become pouring over? We cannot help but leak the blessings that God has given to us. Well, two things we can do. One is that, of course, we do receive the supernatural favor of God. God loved you and me so much that he, he sent, of course, Jesus to die upon the cross and to rise again. And God's faithfulness, as we sung this morning, God's faithfulness is new every morning. It's not just a 2,000-year-old act that we, we celebrate in history, but because of God's faithfulness that he so loved us that he sent his son, son that those blessings, that favor of God, overflows for us today. And when we receive all that, Jesus infiltrates our lives, and we find ourselves in, in that good place with God, in that right place where I love to be, where the mighty wonders of God will be we find ourselves in that zone but it doesn't stop there because we receive Christ because we're on the receiving end of God's goodness and faithfulness we do something about it in fact we can't help but respond to God's blessings we cannot help but reflect the nature and the character of the blessor and so we reflect the very nature and character of God we manage what God has graciously and generously given to us. And that's what I really want to, to come to. It's like the heart of what, what God wants to speak to us this morning. That we are merely stewards and managers of what God, God has given to us. We don't receive and own it and say, that's it, and we want to live in this good place, and we just want to keep everything to ourselves. We don't own it. The first words that God ever said to a human being was about management. If you check your Bibles and go back to Genesis chapter 1, we read in verses 28 and 30 there that God told Adam and Eve to manage the garden. God says, I have created everything. And every day that God created this world, at the end of it, it says, and the Lord looked at it and said, it was good. It was greatest creation. God gave him everything. And now, when we come to these verses in, in Genesis chapter 1, 20, 28 to 30, God is saying to Adam and Eve, now manage this good thing that I've given to you. Enjoy the blessing of my creation. And so we read in these, uh, these verses, and you've got the verses on the screen to follow. God blessed them, God blessed Adam and Eve, and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Roll, rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the old earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the air and all the creatures that move on the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And so, and it was so. Manage it, says God. It's not yours, I made it. Just take care of it and manage it. 
And living in the zone is all about receiving from God that which is his, receiving from the blessor, and that we on the receiving end of that blessing can manage all those M&Ms, if you like, that God has given to us. You see the difference. You see the difference. That's those people who live outside the zone, you can recognize them. Those people who live outside the zone, well, it's all about uh, their M&Ms. It's all about my M&Ms. It's all about me, 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 and what's mine, mine, mine. And you can, if you listen out for it, you can see it and you can sense it. It's all about what is me and what is mine. But those who live in the zone, notice the difference. It's all about the blessor. It's all about him. It's all about him, him, him. It's all about what is his, his, his. The difference between living outside the zone and living in the zone. But there's another thing you notice about those who live outside the zone. that It's all about things. It's all about things that they want to accumulate. It's all about things, things, things. And yet more things. Life is full of things outside of the zone. In fact, I've called this area outside of the zone the land of ing. It's full of ings. But you know, those people who live inside the zone, it's also about things, but it's a very different thing. It's a blessing. It's all about receiving the blessings of God. You see, outside the zone, it's all about clothing and earning and spending and housing, ing, ing, ing. But inside the zone, it's very different. Those who live inside the zone, it's all about the blessing that God can give to us. And outside the zone, that ing becomes a blessing. We live in a place of course, even inside the zone, which is all about clothing and housing. I'm not saying, of course, we, we don't have those things. Of course we do. The difference is they don't dominate. God dominates when we recognize that he is at the center of it all. It's all about managing when God is the blessor who graciously and gener generously blesses our lives. And when we understand that God has placed us as stewards to manage his things, and when we're outside of the zone, we are owning. It's the difference between managing and owning. So that's why this morning I want to address this matter of managing versus owning. We are to manage the, the M&Ms. We are to be stewards of God's possession. Now, I've done some research. And it's interesting. Did you know that actually there are more than 500 verses in the Bible which are concerned with prayer, that there are nearly 500 verses which are concerned with faith, but there are more than 2,000 verses on the subject of money and possessions. Isn't that amazing? Did you know that every sixth verse in the New Testament happens to be about things, happens to be about the M&Ms of life, happens to be about money and possessions? Did you know that Jesus talked more about money and the handling of it than heaven, hell, prayer, or faith? And did you know that Jesus talked about money in 16 of his 38 parables? 
But let's clear up one thing right away. The Bible isn't saying that these things are bad and evil. The Bible, of course, doesn't say that the root of money is evil. He's really saying that the, the love of money is evil. Well, read in, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10, of course, Paul's words. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. And so I want to close this message this morning by just very briefly bringing to some principles out of the teaching of Scripture regarding how those living in the zone need to respond. And the first is this, that we need to put first things first. Stephen Covey actually wrote a management book many years ago now called First Things First, but Stephen Covey didn't invent that phrase. He pinched that idea from God. Because, of course, in Genesis we read that each day God created something new, something special. And what did God say? God said at the end of his creation, give me back that first day. That's why the New Testament church started to worship on a Sunday, the resurrection day. We give back to God the first day of the, of the week. Monday isn't the start of a week for a Christian. The first day is Sunday and we give that to God. And if we turn to Exodus chapter 13, verse 1 to 2, the Lord said to Moses, Consecrate to me every firstborn male. The first offspring of every womb among the Israelites belongs to me, whether man or animal. And the, the principle is simply this, that the first things belong to God, not the last things. Not if you, if I can use a colloquial expression, not the fag end of things but the first things, the best things, the first fruits of his crop. The second principle is this, that tithing is a way of life. Tithing, or giving the first tenth of our M&Ms to God, is not just biblical law, but it is a way of life for those who live in the zone. Isn't this an amazing verse we read earlier from Malachi? Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, says the Lord that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates from heaven and pour down so many M&Ms, I mean, so many blessings, that you will not be able to cope with it. You will not have room enough to cope with all the blessings that God will rain down upon us. Test me in this, says the Lord. T tithing is the ultimate heart test for those who are living in the zone. The third principle that I want to give to you is this, that those who receive the blessings of God are to bring, not give. Notice the difference. When we give what we give to the Lord, we don't give, give it to the Lord. I often hear it preached and talked about, you know, give to the Lord. That's not what the Bible says. Look at this verse from, again, Exodus chapter 23. The first fruits of your land you shall bring to the Lord. You shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. Of course, from Malachi, it says about bringing the whole tithe into the store, storehouse. You shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. It's the difference between feeling we're giving something which is ours and bringing something which, is, which actually belongs to God and we're just managing it. Giving our money to God is only an issue when we see it as our money and we're doing God a favour 
if we give him our money. The difference between managing and owning, it's the difference between living in the zone and living in the land of Ing. The fourth principle is this. You know, God doesn't need our money. God doesn't need our money. We don't bring our tithes into God's house because God needs our money. We don't even bring our money into God's house because our core needs our money. Our church needs our money. God doesn't need you to give. God needs you to be blessed. That's why we bring what is his into the house of the Lord. And we need to be careful not to put conditions upon what we bring to the Lord. God has unconditionally, out of his generous spirit, given us all things, and we bring just that first piece to him as our love offering to God because we want to be blessed by God. We want to be in the zone and we want to be in that place of blessing. Remember the boy when Jesus fed the 5,000? It wasn't much that the boy gave with his loaves and fishes, his five barley loaves and those two small fish. It wasn't much, but Jesus blessed it and broke it. And 5,000 men plus the women and the children were all fed and there were lots of leftovers that came back. But just imagine if the boy said, actually, no, they're my M&Ms. They're my loaves and fishes. And either I'm not going to give them, my mum's given me a pack of lunch for me, or the boy could have said, because they're mine, I will give them out as I want to. And the first row or two get fed and everyone else goes hungry. But the boy handed over and gave generously and as a result, God blessed everybody. Everybody received from the blesser through this little boy to many others, to the crowds gathered on that day. And we can do the same. We can do the same. But only if we realize that all that we have, all that we receive is from God. And we have a responsibility to, to be givers to Christian stewardship, however, is acknowledging that we are God's and everything we have is God's. There's no part of what we are or what we have which is ours. I don't have one single M&M, not only the first tenth, but the other nine tenths also belonging to God. And when that happens, we are really in a right place we are really living in that zone where God can bless us and through us make us a blessing to others. Amen. Just a few moments of reflection before we turn to our final song this morning. And maybe the question we can ask ourselves this morning is what can I give then? Lord, you are so graciously and so generously given to me. What can I give to you? What can I not give? But what can I bring to you this morning? To bring some tangible things, to bring the untangible gift of my heart, my love, my dedication. I want to give a moment for anyone this morning who wants to make a response. And you know, we have, we have our zone, don't we? We call it our mercy seat, the place of blessing, the place where we, we can often come to God and ask God to bless us and ask God to forgive us and ask God to infill us so that we might get up from this place and be a blessing to others. So as we pray, and as we sing a few words, please feel the freedom to respond this morning and, and to bring yourself to the throne of grace in prayer. <laughs>